0: This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 99 about Gotham, season 3, episode 20, Pretty Hate Machine.
1: I'm David Mazur, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell you're listening to gotham tv podcast
0: this is robin lord taylor and you're listening to gotham tv podcast welcome back gothamites this is our coverage of gotham season three episode 20 pretty hate machine i love that name that's the name of the uh, first album the debut album of nine inch nails with trent Reznor. one of my favorite albums of all time I will just say it. Uh, We're back with our episode 99, one episode from 100 episodes about Gotham, the TV show and some DC movies, not a huge amount, mostly about Gotham uh, for the last couple of years. Yeah, it's all about Gotham, baby. Uh I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hi, I'm one of your other hosts, John. Great to be back here for the, the, not the penultimate episode in Ireland. We have three more episodes to go. This one plus uh, episode 21 and episode 22 uh, should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. But our coverage next week will be our 100th episode of the podcast. We'd love for you to get in contact with us for that episode. Uh, All you need to do is email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or pop over to our website at gothamtvpodcast.com and leave us a voicemail for our 100th episode. Remember, we have our Bullockism competition where you can win a harvey bullock pop i'm pointing over there because it's over there um but you could also win the first season of the base cards for uh for the gotham trading cards and we're gonna throw in since it's coming up to our 100th episode we're gonna throw in a copy of season three of gotham on blu-ray so you can watch it in high definition the full season
1: yeah and hopefully tons and tons of Of extras as well. Yeah, Yeah.
0: hopefully. Uh, If you want to subscribe to the podcast and you haven't yet, if you've just picked us up, uh, make sure you go over and subscribe on Apple Podcasts through our link at com slash iTunes, or you can find us on any good or evil podcast catcher by just searching for Gotham TV Podcast, and you'll get us there and subscribe. Uh, We did announce a couple of weeks ago, we're going to be covering Gotham Season 4 at the U.S. pace, uh, the U.S premiere is the 21st of september so hopefully we'll have our first episode and review Ooh. of gotham season four episode one out just after that
1: yeah not too far away now mm-hmm. yeah a couple of weeks wow there goes a holiday yeah we have a break <laughs> we have a break uh, our final episode of season
0: three should be on the 6th of uh, of september so we got two weeks off and then uh, the 21st september when we have our next episode on gotham season four but with that i think we should be getting into our coverage of Uh, Season 3 episode 20 Pretty Hate Machine Can't stop saying that Absolutely Leslie Goes Nuts Uh Yeah She is the Pretty Hate Machine
1: So Derek What are some of the production notes?
0: (laughs) The production notes I love it Uh, Yes this episode was directed by Danny Cannon I'm guessing that he's the one that chose the title for this episode. I think so, too. He does have a real industrial punk kind of vibe about the music that he's chosen for the show. He's definitely involved in the music choices for uh, throughout season one and season two. Um, he's the one that put out the playlist for season one, season two, So and chose a lot of the bands that played in Oswald's and in Fish Mooney's um, place in first season. So... I think he may have chosen Pretty Hate Machine as the uh, title for this episode.
1: It's a, it's a fair bet. Definitely. I think so. We Um, love Danny.
0: We do. We do. Definitely. I I just listen to his music all the time. It's awesome. Um, The episode was written by Stephen Lillian and Brian Winderbrandt. They've written four episodes of the season, uh, this season, and have done some brilliant episodes of Gotham. But some great news for them. uh, They have just gotten a, uh, a, a pickup for their own show a, a show called god friended me uh picked up to series on cbs uh, apparently a comedy show about uh, about a guy on facebook who gets uh, his profile friended by god and so uh interesting premise there i'll uh, have to go and check that out but possibly the bad news is as writers of gotham they've done four episodes this season if they go off and get their own show that's possible yeah. they won't be coming back to do an episode of gotham next season Wish them the best, they've done great jobs on Gotham so far, Um, so hopefully they'll be able to work in an episode of Season 4 in their schedule as
1: it comes up. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. The Day of Judgment has come to Gotham and the Court of Owls, as the shaman and Bruce Wayne return to the ruling council and punish them for murdering Bruce's parents. Despite being given the opportunity, Bruce takes no action in their murders, but agrees to never hesitate again. He isn't waiting long for the next opportunity, as Professor Hugo Strange has a new weaponized version of the Alice-Tetch virus, which the shaman wants to release in the city. However, the virus has already begun to spread in Gotham, as it begins to take hold of Leslie Tompkins after she purposefully injected herself with the virus. She kidnaps Jim Gordon and buries him alive. He is given two choices, either take the virus to escape his tomb, and save Gotham from the virus bomb, or die six feet under. As Harvey Bullock and the GCPD hounds search frantically to save him, Alfred Pennyworth, after his search for Bruce, finally catches up with him at the top of Wayne Enterprises. He is too late to prevent the brainwashed Bruce from detonating the virus, as the shaman, sensing that his plan is in danger, presses Bruce's hands to detonate the bomb, releasing the deadly virus on Gotham. However, Alfred manages to kill the shaman for his part in this, but with his dying words, the shaman instructs Bruce to locate the Yuyan building, where he'll find the demon's head and his destiny. Oh, yes, the demon's head. Oh, the demon's head, when I think we all know... Who the demon's head might be? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. But we'll we definitely will talk about it later on the episode. Definitely be talking
0: about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's time to get into our top five points for the episode.
1: Yeah. Spoiler right. spoilers are here within. Absolutely. Even though we are. Six to eight months behind the uh, America.
0: True, true, but this, uh, but obviously the show's coming out on Netflix, the show's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD in the next couple of weeks, so maybe people are just listening along with our podcast at a later date, which is quite cool. Yeah. Uh, welcome. Yes, so the way we cover our podcast obviously was top five points, so let's start off with point number one, case note one, the ruling council comes to an end. Ooh, shocker. I was really surprised at this. Um, So this is effectively the shaman coming back with, with Bruce Wayne to Gotham. They came back last week. Um, but we see them now interacting with the Court of Owls, or what we've known in the past as the Court of Owls. Um, a little bit of deference from the team uh, behind the court, uh, effectively saying that the reason why they did what they did, which we'll talk about in a second, um, was because the shaman doesn't come back very often to Gotham. He stays away for quite a long time, which which means they have to make some decisions on their own. But the decision that they've made, which goes against what the shaman would have allowed them to do is they are the ones that killed bruce wayne's parents um we had questioned this in the last episode that it all seemed very convenient that the shaman the wa- shaman wasn't involved and that he had um he was telling bruce that he wasn't involved it was the court of elves he was stepping back from it but this seems to be the definitive story on what happened to bruce's parents it could be yes
1: it may also could be not It could could still be a red herring from the shaman Mm -hmm. um, because he is wanting Bruce to believe he's wanting to brainwash him and he's done a pretty good job at that. Mm -hmm. But what better way of doing it than killing the entire council? Plus, we are now aware of the demon's head, Mm -hmm. that there are other forces that have allowed the Court of Owls to rule in Gotham or think that they are ruling. Yeah. So it could be being done to make Bruce really fully commit to his new role with the shaman, but it could also be as well getting rid of problems for now this murkier kind of person or thing that is standing behind the shaman Uh, known as the Demon's Head. That's true. So, yeah, on the face of it, absolutely. It looks like uh, Bruce Wayne's parents' death was at the hands of the Court of Owl from their orders, and it certainly wasn't allowed by the shaman or his own boss. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is really interesting, but we still see Bruce hesitate, and I'm wondering... Does that mean there's still a bit of the old Bruce Wayne left who really oh, yeah. is abhorrent to to murder and killing or is he playing a game has for some reason this strong young kid uh, been able to um get over all these um techniques that Shaman has been using to brainwash him so that that could be quite interesting um however i suspect he he's certainly under his influence in, in a deep way. Whether he can get snapped out of that is is another matter, and I suppose we will come to that when we talk about Alfred trying to find Bruce. Yeah, absolutely. And um, because we we do get from that a sense that Bruce actually is now uh, under the control or has been uh, changed enough from uh, everything that's been going on in his mountain prison. Yeah. To to actually um, believe his new life, what, um, is that, what
0: does Alfred call him? He calls him like a zombie. He's now a zombie zealot, uh, <laughs> effectively. Yeah.
1: So you know, it it really is um, possible, but on the face of it, it looks like a certain thing is happening. But mm. I wonder whether there's any layers below that. It's certainly,
0: it's um, certainly a big play. It kills every member of the the ruling council. We lost Catherine last week, and now we've got every <laughs> member of the ruling council of uh, the Court of Elves with their throat slit. Um, which is yeah. pretty brutal, even for Gotham.
1: Yeah, it was a good old massacre. Sure, um, you know, Valentine's Day massacre going on uh, from the shaman there. But at the hands of the talons, that is pretty brutal. Yeah.
0: Um, think, and they say, you know, there's no doubting that you're our leader, but we have to make decisions when you're not around. This was our decision. They were getting close, um, or at least Bruce's father was getting close, Thomas Wayne. And Bruce asked the question, well, why did my mother have to die as well? They made a very difficult decision there saying that they're going to kill the Waynes. Uh, and Bruce is wondering why his mother was involved, not just Thomas Wayne. So I don't think Bruce has much problem with their deaths, but it's not at his hand. It still doesn't change the fact that Batman doesn't kill, uh, doesn't, uh, and that Bruce doesn't kill. Uh, it was at the hands of the shaman. He was the one that made the decision for them to die. But it was an interesting question from Bruce that if you made that decision, why did my mother have to die as
1: well? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the, there's that aspect, and mm-hmm. there is also the aspect that the... The Court of Owls with this weapon that's now um, being developed by Professor Strange have actually been carrying out the orders of the shaman. This is something that is uh, willed by the shaman yeah. and the 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 person behind him. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because this is when we then get our first glimpse at Alfred who is trying to find Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been at the GCPD um, with Harvey Bullock. Uh, and they're starting to search for Bruce, and I suppose this brings us on to our uh, case note number two. Yeah, uh, Alfred is there trying to find Bruce. Uh-huh. Um, and he's joined the GCPD again, in effect. Yeah. So <laughs> I love to just keep uh,
0: keep letting him out on the streets. Towards the end of most of the seasons, we've seen this, where uh, where Alfred gets out of Gotham. Sorry, I can say that Wayne Manor uh, gets to go out on the streets of Gotham with the GCPD. Uh, he seems to be a bit of an enforcer for them occasionally, uh, Due to probably owing to his past in the military. Um, they do kind of trust his judgment and trust his, his abilities, but some really cool stuff in this in this episode for 00 Alfred.
1: Definitely. I love how Al, um, Harvey says, we need to get you a badge or something yeah. so that you can be a fully-fledged member of the GCPD. like. Harvey's strike force or, you know, almost like the special branch kind of doing their thing to help um, the GCPD remain and retain order uh, Mm -hmm. in Gotham. Yeah, I mean, ultimately as well, Harvey and and Alfred do uh, split here where Harvey tells Alfred to to go find Bruce um, and he finds him there just after Professor Strange has revealed his new contraption to release uh, the the tech virus into into Gotham yeah um, and yeah Alfred here uh, really is confronted with someone who he questions um, but is ultimately taken out with a, a knock to the head hello yeah yeah,
0: yeah but very cool very interesting and he gets to find that Bruce is truly brainwashed here um, at least the persona of bruce definitely seems to be controlled here um alfred is kind of saying to the shaman do you not know anything about this kid he's going to be able to fight it he's a strong kid so maybe he's putting on a performance for the shaman but i'm not sure i'm not sure bruce seems very convinced by the work that the shaman has done definitely uh, with the pins in the head for the last uh last couple of weeks while he's been away so
1: but it, yeah absolutely but here we have them Uh, Professor Strange taken into custody Mm -hmm. and this is where we really do see uh, Harvey uh, asking Alfred to really go full on uh, uh, after Strange and interrogate him.
0: Yeah, it's not
1: my bullockism of the week. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but, but saying even if there's only a pinky left, we'll book it and put it in prison is a pretty good publicism of the week. I did I did enjoy that. And to be honest, having B.D. Wong back on screen, yeah. I love his presence on this show. I love that they keep bringing back this kind of. Uh, he's nefarious. He is involved in all of these plans. He's doing some really really creepy things, but he always seems to not want to be involved with all these people that are forcing him to do their various dirty work. You know, it's got kind of interesting.
1: Definitely, and I I think here. Um, you know he's he's hung over the edge of the GCPD what by awesome his tie. Scene. Yeah, what really awesome good, scene. really good scene. You know Harvey seeing that Alfred's interrogation techniques with Catherine can get information uh, out of the the person being interviewed really uh, gives Alfred a free hand here, and we find that Bruce is at Wayne Enterprises, mm-hmm. um, and he does arrive in time at Wayne Enterprises. I think this is probably open to discussion uh-huh. in, in the sense that, you know, does Bruce actually depress the, the button? Uh, because the shaman has given him the responsibility yes. not to hesitate uh, on pressing the button to release the Tetch virus. Um, and he's there, and it looks like he's going to do it. He It really does. And he's certainly not backing down, despite Alfred trying to persuade him otherwise. However... The shaman comes in and pushes Bruce's hand on the button. That's true. Um, So it's definitely the shaman that does this. But it is a bit of a standoff between Bruce and Alfred.
0: It is. And what's interesting, I suppose, is we saw back in the episode with Silver St. Cloud um, where Bruce and and Selina were trying to trick her to get some information from her out of... um, I'm uh, uh, sorry, out of Silver St. Cloud, uh, we saw how far Bruce is willing to go with these kind of techniques where he's pretending that he's um that he's under control or pretending that somebody's got him. Um so you are right. There is a possibility he was to, he was pretending and hoping that uh he would get the information out before he pressed the button. That's a possibility. He didn't press the button on his own. So that still maintains the Batman doesn't kill uh yeah uh, definitely maybe it's just the writers trying to put it in there that now we do question whether it was bruce on his own or not um but yeah the button was pushed though at the end of the day and his finger was over the top of it at the time so maybe he was or maybe he wasn't but this is quite a big thing that this episode particularly ends with the button being pushed and these people uh in the train station that are now going to be affected by the virus
1: yeah but Alfred kills the shaman because yes, uh, all of this has been done at gunpoint um and the shaman dies yeah uh, but not until he lets bruce know that he needs to go to the Yuan building and find the demon's head yes, in order to fulfill his destiny another
0: layer of the russian doll or the onion the that is the demon's head, head yeah so we know from comic books i think is what we're where we are. We know from comic books what the demon demon's head means. We also know from uh, Arrow what the demon's head means. What we do know is that it is. Rachel Gould. It is. He's called the Demon's Head in uh, in a lot of the books. I think that was also in uh, in Batman Begins as well. He was called the Demon's Head, so it is a very normal name for the character. You'd know it instantly if you know anything about the the universe or read any of the comic books or watched any of the films. So, uh, so it's not going to be a big surprise that we're going to see Rachel Gould in the next few episodes. And it is possible that Bruce has been possibly pretending along the road to try and get to the leader, the ultimate
1: person. It could, and I, I wouldn't put that past Bruce, so I, I'm still hoping that he is chucking, um, this organization a bone, really, and they are actually following him, really. Mm. But yeah, certainly, um, we are gonna get Rachel Ghul, Raz Al Ghul, um, the League of Assassins, the, you know, yeah, League of Shadows. What, League yeah. of Shadows. A <laughs> lots of names um, behind this organization yeah. and their leader. Um, many faces does he uh, put on himself as well. So Absolutely. it's a really interesting sort of point in in this um, season because um, effectively coming against such evil, uh, will the hero in Bruce rise? And I that's why I think he might still be red herringing. It. Maybe, maybe.
0: We do know that, uh, that again, the back history of the character of Batman is that he goes and studies with the League of Assassins to learn a lot of the tricks and techniques that he has. So if we're going to meet Ra's al Ghul now, this is a possibility that Bruce will be on his uh, journey mm. to becoming Batman. So uh, really excited to see that go out in the next couple of episodes. It'll be very cool.
1: Yeah, but I think on to case note three. Mm. Um, so not only do we see the um, the virus enveloping Gotham through their main train station. But at the same time, there was a chance that it could have been prevented. Um, And that was from Jim Gordon. Before we get to that, Lee is a pretty hate machine. Yes, she is. (laughs) Um, And she obviously took the virus, injected herself with it, and is absolutely in love with Jim Gordon. Uh, And that is her extreme response to the virus. That's what it's drawn out of her. Um, that she is besotted, um, with Jim Gordon. It's an interesting. Um, and she is now trying to get him to love her. Um, you know, that she feels so much. She wants him by him and she will either have him or she will kill him if yes. she can't have him. Yeah, so an
0: interesting one here. She says that the, what, the, what the virus brings out in her is that she truly loves Jim. This is what the virus has revealed to her. And we kind of knew that. We always knew there was something between the two characters from when they met first. Um. But I, I'm wondering if there's a little bit more to the explanation that she's not saying, that it's she's in love with her ideal of what she wants Jim to be, because she gets so frustrated at yes. how Jim actually acts. And that's what she's trying to teach him. If you could just be this person that... I'm in love with. If he could just be that person, then the two of us will end off together and we'll be perfect together. She's crazy. She's full, she's full of the Aztec virus, and it's it's changing her her version of herself. It's changing the real version of Leslie Tompkins. But is this is this teaching her that? if jim if if jim takes the virus then the two of them could be together for life if jim just gives up on this concept of being the the, the hero that must go after yeah. everything and possibly put himself in danger all the time and his friends and and his family um that then they will be together for life is that is that what the virus is doing to her
1: it's an interesting one that that's what she does that she effectively uh, knocks him out buries him alive and gives him this choice to either take the virus or die mm-hmm. Um because what yeah as you say what is the virus going to do to jim will it make him feel the same feelings to her that she has to him but in that viral sense of, of the extreme or will it bring out actually the side of jim that has infuriated her for this time, so I I think that idea that she wants the perfect image of Jim that she would want to love is probably the right thing, but I don't know whether she's going the right way about it to achieve that. Because, Everybody wants to change um, the man they love because she still <laughs> knocks him out at the station. Yeah, so he. After the virus, he is absolutely intent on preventing this bomb from going off. So the virus is driving him to do um, good. It's not making that good become evil in the same way as Captain Barnes, where his goodness of justice has led him to be a murderer. Yeah. At the moment, Jim's behavior is... Now, whether he's fighting it and trying to suppress it... Yeah and um, because he's only just had it. it at the moment though it's still or he 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 is able to suppress it enough where he can still act as jim gordon to try and save the city and to prevent this bomb from going off or the virus is pushing him to do that because the thing that's drawing out from him is his sense of um action justice and but justice in a different way from Barnes. Yes, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so maybe the virus
0: is making, interesting. So maybe the virus is making him a better cop. <laughs> it's, he's his special superpower that this brings out in him is I'm an even better cop, and maybe he can tr- grow a moustache much quicker than anybody well, else in it. the city, and becomes our true, our true Jim Gordon. Maybe his hair goes grey and he grows a moustache.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's why. He is Jim Gordon yeah, from here on after. That could be it. That could be it. Um, but no, I'm, I'm
0: I'm intrigued by this, and obviously there is a point made very early on in the episode when uh, Jim is talking to Leslie, saying uh, the virus took a much longer time to take hold of um, of Barnes. It took weeks before he started seeing signs of the executioner in Barnes. So um, that's an interesting point, very clearly made that possibly this virus will not stay long in Leslie. And also the fact that Jim knows the virus is in him, maybe he can stave it off a bit longer until Lucis Fox can come up with the cure for the virus for both Leslie and Jim.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I had always seen it that Captain Barnes really had just gotten one drop into his eye, whereas they have injected it directly into their bloodstream, so Mm -hmm. it's faster acting. I suppose... So that's how I would see that. However... And unfortunately, I think I'll be proved right in this that there is going to be some cure. Oh yes! And the thing is that can't have Jim Gordon. It will just for be life. this cure will pop up all of a sudden. Lucius Fox will come back and says, "I've been working on this cure," and and that will be that. Yet, Lucius really should have been captured in the hands of of the Riddler somewhere still, and if he's been doing that, he's been doing it for some time and, you know, Jim with Maroney and like, so he's still it, like it will just be convenient and it will come across as convenient. I think with the, how the pacing of the, the series has been on this right. and also some of the rationale that Jim has done for shooting Maroney or um, in terms of his treatment of Captain Barnes. So I re- actually really hope that that isn't the case. I yeah. hope it moves and, and carries over into season four that he has this virus but i suspect it won't and i suspect it will get wrapped up really quickly um and i think that will be a shame that's just my own opinion i think um because it will just be like the height of convenience yes but but we do know we do know right back to when barnes got infected that that
0: um lucius fox did say he was working on it, but it could take a long time. So, uh, so we do know that was that was dropped back there. So we do know there's a possibility of it. I don't think you can have your main character like Jim Gordon go into the next season as super Jim Gordon. Um uh, you can, but but I could be, I could also. Why be not? Wrong. Why but, not? Can we just quickly talk about the buried scene? The um, yeah, Jim really Gordon good. underground. Being Buried alive, this must be a significant fear for a lot of people. I know this is one that my grandfather used to wake up screaming at night, <laughs> thinking that he could be buried alive and it 's actually the reason he got cremated when he died was because he was terrified that that he could possibly yeah. be buried alive um, isn 't that interesting that but, is interesting but yeah, I think it 's one of those fears that everybody has. The idea here. Did so, you
1: used to sleepwalk around their house when you stayed over with a s- shovel or something? No,
0: <laughs> no he wasn't. So that's thought you were
1: coming to get him to bury him. <laughs> uh, no,
0: definitely not. Um, but an interesting choice here. He either has the choice, Jim, either has a choice of dying uh, over a long time while he suffocates in a box under six feet uh, underground, or taking the virus, which is something that Jim would never do. He would never knowingly or wantonly take the virus and the thing that pushes him over the edge which i thought was really interesting is that he's using his own detective skills he's worked out where where the Tetch virus bomb is going to be in gotham and if he doesn't get out the people of gotham won't be saved yeah and that's why he makes the push over to that side which i think is a great trait of jim gordon's uh it's just a shame there aren't more people in the gcpd that can push Two and two together.
1: Definitely, definitely. It will be interesting to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. But I think from one freak to a another freak and his armylessness of freaks. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> case note four, Penguin's freaks have effectively gone and left him. With the exception of Ivy, uh, in the safe house, um, Mr. Fries, Dr. Fries and uh, Firefly are now... Uh, ultimately they have left they have left oswald or seemingly Yeah. again i think whether this is a ruse i don't know um so that it draws tabitha the riddler um and uh, barbara out into the open to come after them mm-hmm. i don't know um but certainly yes penguins freaks seemingly have left him
0: yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um it seemed to take a lot of work to get them to his side and then to not have them in the episode seemed odd. It seemed it seemed really weird. They've left him because he disappeared for a day, seems like a really weird choice uh in the season. So yeah, maybe they are maybe he didn't want to give this information to Ivy and he's having a tantrum um in his hideout pretending that they've gone. I don't know though. I don't know. Um it'll be intriguing to see. I really hope we're gonna see Fire and Ice back um later Oh definitely, on. I be, hope so too. It would be really odd to, to, to bring them in as strongly as they did and then for them to completely disappear. It was a, re- a really odd choice. Yeah. Um, I mean they
1: do the riddler finds his hideout, which then goes into lockdown and uh, exactly, yeah, yeah, which was really interesting and allows Oswald to effectively leave the safe room but as it locks down. Like he manages to escape. Does does Ed really want to kill Oswald or is he just
0: kind of getting off on the idea that he might possibly be able to kill Oswald? He seemed to hesitate quite a lot um to find out why they were why they found it so easy to get into the yeah into the lockdown. They could easily have shot him there and walked out the front door in the amount of time it took them. To find yeah. out that it was locked down and for, and for Penguin and, uh, and Ivy to escape. Uh, but it did give us some great moments with Ivy and Penguin. I love the yeah. two of these characters together. They're hilarious. They're great. P- particularly Ivy when she's going... Um, Selina would never betray us. There's no way she would. Well, unless they offered her money. Oh, they must have offered her money as they walk in the door and find, yeah. and find the two exactly. of them. Um, Really good moments between the two of them. Really enjoyed them. Um, but
1: again, they are foiled. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I suppose on to case note five... Fish Mooney returns and um, <sighs> arrives just in the nick of time um, in order to really get Oswald off uh, and out of a very really serious sticky situation. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So yeah, really interesting situation here with fish where mm. is it possible they kind of came from the same situation. Penguins army of freaks come from, uh, come from Indian Hill, the same place that brought fish back to life is it possible that that dr freeze and bridget went to fish and said penguins in a really sticky spot here you guys still have a relationship can you go and get him out of this situation with riddler is it possible that there's some involvement there between those three characters and that's why they haven't left oswald they've done something to get him out of this situation
1: yeah it it could be i mean like this this will really be interesting because I mean we've not seen Fish now for a long time, mm, uh, like and certainly or or it was Oswald and her that really kind of, to some extent, came to some kind of mutual understanding that they were on the same t- on the same side, that they had a lot of mutual respect for one another. Mm-hmm. So I, I really hope um, that this takes an interesting turn because I think Oswald and Fish are, are great together. Whether it is and um, being the umbrella boy hating one another battling one another or maybe now teaming up together yeah and um, but still i wonder whether oswald will see her as a threat Um. he really is hoping to recapture that crown of the king of gotham but it was
0: really interesting you did mention about moroni and falcone and um, he's kind of Pining for the days that they were the people in charge because they never would have accepted the kind of things that Barbara does, the kind of things that Riddler does. They never would have accepted that kind of stuff in the city. He kind of forgets that he's also been responsible for a lot of those types of challenges and bombs and explosions and deaths in the city of Gotham. So it's kind of like he wants to be the only freak in the city in control of it which he does he wants to be king of gotham again um but it's kind of like he wants to be that and wants everybody else to be like old school um mobsters uh, which is quite interesting i loved the interaction between butch and fish because butch was under mind control the last time they met um back in the end of season two uh he didn't really get the opportunity to kind of go oh hi fish how are you doing you know um and i liked that that was the conversation it was how you doing fish and she goes well i was alive then i was dead then I was alive again, so things are looking up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that was a really nice little reunion moment in, in the midst of all of this, and I thought that yeah. was really good to see because in some ways it was nice just having uh, Fish, Oswald, and Butch yeah. all together again. Yeah. Three characters in the pilot, yeah. You know, uh really, really cool uh, to see that. And again, I just think it will be really interesting to see what fish and Oswald um what their storyline is going to be yeah and um, i'm it 's almost a shame that fish is only coming back in now in episode twenty mm-hmm. um, and she just didn't come back a bit earlier because I must say i her entrance was regal, it was uh really classy um and you can really see her as a confident member of the criminal underworld in Gotham, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was a great great scene i thought really
0: intrigued to see what she's been doing for the last 15 episodes or so it'll be, it'll be interesting to find out next week
1: yeah i mean there was just one little thing um i she did touch Oswald, didn't she i think she kind of caressed his face or she went close to it she may not have done mm. the only thing i noticed is that there didn't seem to be that power that she had there didn't seem to be any of that kind of rippling light that yeah. went over the skin yeah if she touched him it's just it was difficult to spot but mm-hmm. i thought that was kind of interesting yeah yeah that'd be really intriguing to see uh lots coming up in the rest of the season to uh to be interested
0: in that's the top five points for this episode of gotham yeah yeah i think we have a couple of little things obviously bullock is the week yep here we go um <laughs> there's just some good little lines like i mentioned one earlier on um one of my favorites is when, he talk, when he's talking to Leslie Tompkins in the GCPD and goes, Lee, in the name of all that's holy and not insane, tell us where Jim is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> only Harvey could deliver that line yep yeah. um, in referring to Professor Strange he goes let's go see Baldylocks Locks uh, and to see what he has to say you know <laughs> great Baldi line Baldi I love it and of course the one we said earlier we're going to have to give you a badge or something one of these days mm-hmm. to Alfred because he is such a good interrogator absolutely I think he also wants a partner that might actually travel with him on cases in yes. his car with him uh, Alfred who mixes violence and threat uh, very well indeed yes he does yes what the called
0: uh, what did he call professor strange in this in this episode after hanging him off a building, uh, he beats him over the head and calls him a slag uh,
1: yeah, which just exactly. thought,
0: thought was quite interesting in which I, and I know Sean Perfury knows this in London uh, terminology or in East End London terminology. a slag is actually a woman of ill repute basically it's a it 's a woman that sleeps around, so quite interesting that he says that about about professor strange you don 't generally call a male a
1: slag but I think yeah. it extends to Anyone that kind of moves around, and I suppose for Professor Strange, he is always moving around to best serve him right. not in a sexual sense yeah. but in a devious way so i think it's, it's it's that kind of um uh meaning to it in this sense a man of low morals we'll call them very good and again if you want to send in
0: your bullockism of any of the episodes of this season or the first two seasons sure why not pop them into us on email over at feedback at podcast.com or pop over to our website how about doing a Harvey Bullock impression? Go to the website at GothamTVpodcast.com. Leave us a voicemail little button on the right hand side. You can leave 90 seconds of your voicemail feedback. Uh, do it for a hundredth episode and you'll be in with a chance of winning our Harvey Bullock and Gotham prize pack.
1: Um, Absolutely. And of course, if you do it drunk, like Harvey Bullock would be, <laughs> then you are in with an even bigger chance. Extra entry in the hat. I think? Yes, I think yes. so. I like it. Uh, John, overall, what do you think of the episode? I thought, again, this was really strong. It did feel very much like a transitional episode. But I love seeing uh Fish, Butch and Oswald back uh, together yeah. again, uh, albeit quite brief and towards the end. But I really am looking forward now to seeing what happens with Oswald and Fish uh, for the next few episodes. I think Bruce's storyline again it is really still up in the air is is he playing the game is he trying to get information or is he truly brainwashed at at, at this time and of course to to find the demon's head will be fantastic and um, that's a really interesting journey for for um bruce to go on um so i mean for me i would give this a real solid Three and a half walkie-talkies uh, out of five, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Yeah, right. I think I thought this was a good episode. I think, yeah, it, it pretty much had to get from A to B in order to move the storyline. But, of course, the last um, two episodes, 21 and 22, were as a double um, back-to-back uh, episode when it was released in the U.S. Was, uh, in the US. Uh-huh. So, you know... Ultimately, this is the penultimate episode for uh, for Gotham in terms of how they um, screened it in, in North America. Yeah, yeah.
0: Setting up the finale. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The big two-era finale. Yeah, that's not how we're going to be covering them, as I mentioned before. We're going to be covering them as two separate episodes uh, over the next two weeks, just to stretch out our show. No, that's how they're going to be airing in, the, in on RT in Ireland. they're going to be airing as two separate episodes.
1: So we're going to wait it out and watch them that way. I think it's on to feedback, John. Yeah, you can send in feedback through our Facebook group. Just go over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast. There is the more traditional methods at, at this moment now where you can send it in to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com by email or you can leave a voicemail go to gothamtvpodcast.com and click on the right hand side tab on the screen yeah. and you can leave up to 90 seconds of voicemail for us to air on the show absolutely yeah um but yeah our first bit of feedback comes from Annalise uh, she goes so I don't remember much about this episode itself uh, as it wasn't one of my favorite episodes of the season but more people uh I and I watched it when I was over uh, with a group of fans for Heroes and Villains Fan Fest in London and as a result that was one of the most enjoyable experiences i've had when watching an episode so far
0: yeah do you remember when we were over at new york comic-con and we had an entire room of people watching an episode of gotham yeah. the day before it aired in the in the us it's definitely one of the best experiences i've ever had It was had.
1: amazing
0: yeah, being in yeah. a room full of gothamites watching uh, watching a scene play out that that has characters in it that everybody loves yeah it's always so much more fun i wish we could have viewing parties with all of our gothamite friends
1: yeah definitely she goes on I remember gasping really loudly when all of the rest of the court was beheaded by what I can only guess is the League of Shadows I really would have liked the court to live on a bit longer but alas Gotham needed to match kill counts with Game of Thrones and <laughs> um, I also love how Alfred became an interrogator for the GCPD yet again in this episode Hugo's a tough cookie to crack but again Alfred is able to obtain the information he seeks Just like Lee turning, I had even more mixed emotions with Jim's decision to take the virus. I understand he had no other way to save everyone in time. And yes, I wonder. Mm. I also think I may be in the minority in this, but I'm starting to find Jim and Lee to be a repetitive on-off relationship. And looking at them again for this episode, a bit, little bit repetitive. Darkly reminds me a lot of Stabby Babs after she first went crazy. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Yeah, I mean, I suppose it definitely comes a point um, uh, to when you stop drawing out that particular storyline. I Mm. mean, it is very long running. And if you think of Jim, um, he went into this straight off Barbara as well, Barbara yeah. Keane. So, I mean, Jim has been in relationship difficulties as part of his character for a long, long time now, um, and seems to really uh, find it difficult to hold down a relationship because of how he behaves. Um, to some reason, to some extent, Annalise, I actually would not disagree with you on, on this. Um, I don't think it's really come to me at this moment. I'm really enjoying actually having a darker version of Lee Tompkins on the screen. But at the same time, um, some of my uh, views on Jim Gordon as a character has been that sometimes it's maybe the nature of the character, the the nature of him being an anchor for the show, but feel as though it can be a bit one-dimensional. And I suppose to an extent this relationship thing is very much um, a long continuation of uh, when he was seeing Barbara Keane now. It's just a a change. But there's the same kind of issues that are dominating. uh, It's changed in the sense that now there's a virus. But, you know, it is that he is unable to protect. He looks more at his job rather than um the relationship yeah you know but i don't know i think i think for myself
0: um while i do understand your opinion on it, at least i think for myself the two characters haven't been in an on off relationship at all since she left him at the, in the middle of uh, season two. In fact, he left her, excuse me, he dumped her and then went to prison. Um, that's the last time they were actually in a relationship. So this is more about his interactions with the women around him that he was formerly in a relationship with. And they're terrible. And that's part of Jim's character. Um, I think we saw in, even in the Dark Knight films and in, in the comic books, Jim doesn't have a long lasting relationship in his life. He does have kids with with a Barbara Keen, um or with a... Uh, a mrs gordon uh, as she was formerly known in the comic books who eventually was uh, was barbara gordon um but it doesn't last very long he does have extramarital affairs he does have um have other stuff that's going on in his life and he's never been known as a character with a long-term relationship with a woman and the way they've kind of translated it in the show is that even the ones that he does have long relationships with they break up and he has terrible relationships with them afterwards. So it's really interesting that you're that you, that you do say that this isn't coming out of uh it's coming out of formal love between the two characters she does mention that she's still in love with them but they're not back together they're they're certainly not on the path to marriage <laughs> like barbara thought they were um but yeah i, I like I, I do understand but i think that's how they're managing a relationship between the two characters in the show uh, more than anything else um Claire Payne also sent us in some feedback. Uh, She says, Hi Derek and John. Uh, Well, I agree with Butch. Fish Mooney knows how to make an entrance. She sure does. And a good one too, yeah. It's brilliant how she interrupts the ongoing feud between Ed and Oswald. Fish's direct interactions to Ed, whoever he may be, was fantastic as she takes her little penguin away. intrigued to see why Fish has come back for Oswald. I've always been a huge fan of Dr. Tompkins, a supporter since season 1. I admire her stability, strength, intelligence and morals, especially when it came to Jim. With Leslie infected with the Alice Tetch virus, it's really easy to see it has brought out the deeper love she has for Jim and desires for Jim to join her okay leslie is now officially mentally mad as well but putting jim in a coffin and burying him alive is a stroke of genius and high five all round to the writer's table as jim can only escape if he injects himself with the virus the special effects of jim coming out of the ground after taking the virus was so absolutely good. yeah it's really cool wasn't it um professor strange delivering the touch virus bomb to his sensei then he willingly surrenders to harvey my bullockism for this episode is when harvey calls strange baldy locks to alfred <laughs> uh, harvey giving permission to alfred to interrogate Str- Strange was dramatic and emotional as Alfred just wants his boy back and refuses to believe that Bruce has been permanently brainwashed by the shaman. The shaman earned that bullet in the head. Thankfully, he pushed the button and not Bruce. Alfred's mission to prevent Bruce becoming a murderer was successful, but a highly emotionally charged ending as Bruce lashes out at Alfred. Yeah, absolutely. Is this the end of the course of owls? says Claire Payne after the mass execution. With the exploding bomb infecting the city of Gotham, I wonder how many more crazy people we'll see. Maybe it's time for Bruce to go down his path of becoming Gotham's hero. Thanks from Claire. Yeah, it's interesting. They did set up something very specific in this episode, which I liked because it's not the entire city of Gotham. This isn't one of the master plans. This is that they'll infect a thousand people in a specific location and those thousand people will go out. And take on the city effectively. So they're going to take Gotham down, but it's being confined. So if they take out these thousand people that are in. Uh, that are in the train station or the bus station if they do that then they've contained the virus so it does give them an out. it isn't the entire city it's not like the uh, scarecrow's plan where uh, if the fear toxin is going to spread across all of the city they have to just contain uh, this situation so a nice little light there from the writers um but if we do see a thousand people who've gone who've gotten the virus go out and, it, and attack gotham it's going to be quite significant
1: yeah, I I agree with uh, Claire's dark streak here that the shaman earned that bullet yes. in the head. Um, yeah, <laughs> he he really did. And I think, um, as you say, and we've not mentioned it so far, yeah, that charged ending where Bruce lashes out at Alfred, that's really, really good. Um, and again, I wonder, is it there to make you believe that he is? Mm-hmm. Um, or is he still somehow in control Um, I suspect he probably isn't me saying all this and hoping that he will be but I do really like that because I mean Bruce and Alfred's relationship is so close or was so close that this kind of lashing out this sort of distance between them is, is a great bit of um emotional acting uh, and investment yeah. uh, from the audience as well as the two actors to see that kind of change up yeah. is is really really good and bruce um, does finish the know?
0: episodes in, in in cuffs effectively is arrested by the gcpd for what he's done in gotham as well so he's being dragged off to juvenile detention
1: yeah. Possibly. <laughs> um but I think this is the end of the Court of Owls. I think so. I think for the time being. I think so.
0: Yeah. Now, they do call themselves the ruling board of the Court of Owls so we know that there's a lot more people involved, so maybe there'll be more people that step up
1: that's to true, that actually. new levels. Yeah, so,
0: maybe. Um and it was the Talons that killed them, which I thought was interesting. The Talons are in control of um, by the shaman, he's the one that's in charge of the Talons, and they're the ones that kill the ruling class of the Court of Owls So potentially there's more people to take up those places. I'm hoping the Court of bells aren't gone for good and yeah. um, there is more for them to do in the city so uh, most likely we will see the court back in some sense in the future but thank you so much for your feedback Claire yeah. and Annalise Great yeah thank from. you so much for your feedback it's really appreciated yeah absolutely well I think it's time to close out the episode uh, thanks so much for joining us make sure you subscribe to the podcast and listen to our hundredth episode next week we've had a few very interesting voice voicemails coming in uh, some really intriguing ones for, for you to listen to next week and um, we'll be back with our 100th episode on Wednesday the 30th of August for Gotham Heroes Rise Destiny Calling episode 21 of season 3 and looking forward to chat about that next week yeah
1: absolutely Uh, thank you as always for listening it's been a pleasure and we will speak with you again next time absolutely uh, come join us on defenders tv podcast for uh, our coverage of
0: the defenders on netflix as well uh, doing lots of podcasts over the last couple of weeks but uh if you enjoy our coverage come and join us over there on defenders tv podcast. yeah
1: if you uh, are a marvel fan as well as a dc fan then please head on over to defenderstvpodcast.com and subscribe over at iTunes or Apple Podcasts uh, as well. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you again next week. Bye.
0: Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.